0: Welcome to another edition of the Marketing Society podcast. I'm Alastair Hall-Jones, Global Director at the Society, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Lindsay Gorton-Lee and Tom Lees from Kantar. Today, we're going to be discussing growth and how brands focusing on being meaningfully different and adopting a brand and human-centric approach uh, can deliver more growth. So I'm really excited to hear a little bit more from both of you. Um, But before we get into the conversation, um, it'd be great just to hear a little bit of background about yourself. And Lindsay, I'll, I'll come to you first.
1: Thanks, Alistair. Um, so I'm Lindsay Gorton-Lee. I'm a brand strategy consultant at Kantar UK. Um, my experience is in leveraging consumer insight to help shape brand strategy. I've done that for many um, multinational brands. Um, and my passion is really helping brands to be more clear, to be more compelling, to be, co- be more consistent and more congruent.
0: Perfect. Thank you. And Tom?
2: Hi, I'm Tom, also a brand strategy consultant at Kantar um, I think for me, I've been fascinated by the way brands can connect in the world and focusing more on a, on a human lens uh, for me and how they've been able to champion a meaningfully different execution
0: in whatever they do and however they do it
2: across various different businesses around the world.
0: Fantastic. And, and that phrase, meaningfully different, I'm looking forward to uh, coming into this in a little bit more detail. Um, and, I, and I know that you've um, got some really exciting findings from your recent Brands Uh, lists that you produce each year. uh, I'm really keen to do it. So uh, I guess, Lindsay, I'm I'm over to you. I'm, I'm keen to hear around meaningfully different and what it means for brands.
1: Well, Alistair, we've talked about, can't have talked about meaningful difference for some time now. And we've got strong evidence that shows that brands in themselves have value, that strong brands drive growth, they build resilience. And, and that, you know, in today's economic climate resilience is critical because we all brands are facing pricing pressure and reduced barriers to entry. What we also know is that some of the key c- components or the key drivers of that strong value are meaning, difference, a- and salience. So we know that meaningful difference really matters in creating that brand value. And recently, we found that difference is the critical factor. Um, we've done some analysis of breakthrough. Brands, so some breakthrough analysis of breakthrough brands, and into and looking at what has um, driven their growth, and we found that the distinguishing factor is their difference um, in the markets, or difference versus other brands. Tom, I think you might have some stats about them.
2: Uh, I do, but um, yeah, and I think what we've been talking about is difference makes the difference, or difference is the difference, which is a, a lovely phrase that Dom's been talking about. Can and one of the main driving forces of that was this idea that brands that are different. So that, that one of our core factors there actually drive growth two and a half times higher than the brands that aren't. And so that was over a three year period through our brandsy data, we were able to see that difference really does make the difference. And I think it's for us at Kantar being interested and engaged in those insights, it's amazing to have powerful
0: insights like that to talk to. Fantastic, thank you. And and as you say, fantastic to it that with, with data and, and across a wide variety of, of brands. Um, it'd be good to um to hear a little bit more around your difference between the difference between difference and distinctiveness um because i know that's a sort of a, a phrase that's been used in our industry for a long time um and it'd be good just to understand how you see that being you know different
1: i can have a go um at this <laughs> and i think it's um it's a tricky thing to get your head around um but difference is the is essentially the the kind of almost the property of the intangible brand so difference is the is what people have in their minds about the brand, Um, that intended brand image that you as a marketer hope to achieve in the mind of consumers through positioning. So brand differentiation offers an opportunity for brands to go beyond the borders of distinctiveness and say that distinctiveness is the property of tangible brand assets. So difference goes beyond that. It's about finding product-based or experience-based or even emotionally-based differences that uh, break through consumers' expectations of of product parity or or brand parity. Um, Distinctiveness is a component of difference. And we actually um, ran a brand structures analysis to understand the paths that contribute the most to brand difference. And what we found is that distinctiveness does contribute to difference actually 70% of brands difference is made up from other factors that are not um, about the distinctive assets. So product function, product design, digital experience, brand responsibility, which is so important these days, um, and advertising all contribute to difference by creating meaningful brand associations in the minds of consumers.
0: Brilliant. So it sounds like, a, you know, so many complexities that a marketing really needs to think about to, to drive that sort of difference in there. How, how would you advise, you know, a, a chief marketing officer or, you know, a marketer from a, a brand? You know, how, how do they get a starting point on that? Because as you say, you've reeled off there, you know, a number of different ways that can be impacted. How, how would you sort of advise brands to get started in this position?
2: I think it's we we've been talking about this a lot as well about the it's it is a, a daunting task and a, a, but also a great opportunity for marketing managers to take control of this and the, the responsibility that comes from the mental and physical connectivity of the world nowadays. So it, as as Lindsay listed off there, design, experience, advertising, CSR, product function, all comes into it, and we look at it through a whole brand thinking lens, which actually takes two core factors. Well, it's, it's four factors, but what lindsay and i really sort of focus on and champion for marketers to look at is both the human-centric side of it and the brand-centric side working really closely together so instead of it just being one of those factors both we feel are hugely important particularly in when you're trying to deliver that meaningful difference back to customers and back to back to the audiences you're trying to target
0: thank you you used used two phrases there that i'd love to know a little bit more about so human centricity and, and brand centricity maybe you could just sort of uh You know, explain those in a little bit more detail for everyone.
2: Yeah, sure. I'll I'll take the human-centric one first. I think that is a common term we see written about everywhere. And we see people like Jeff Bezos banging the drum for customer centricity uh, for a very long time. But I think simply for us, or for me, is how we look at that is about, that's about driving affinity and meeting needs. So it's really taking the time to understand what human beings and what customers and what people in the world want what they see in culture what's driving culture and how then you can meaningfully execute against that so that's where our meaningful comes in it's about creating that affinity with a brand and meeting the needs is what we see is the perfect execution of human centricity
1: and i think um, brand centricity is about activation in a way that Has that clear understanding of your brand and its unique and uniqueness and differentiation, um, what it brings to the world, what people already expect of it, um, what sets it apart, and how it resonates at an emotive level. And having that brand centric understanding really helps you activate with clarity, and that helps to build and cement your meaningful difference. Um, our BrandZ data has actually proven that brands that have strong clarity contribute 70% more to sales. So having that brand-centric lens and really being able to shape that brand experience at every encounter and create that sharpness in, in consumers' minds really does help with, the, um, you know, contribute to the bottom line, contribute to, glo- to growth. And actually our more recent analysis shows that the brand's who are achieving breakthrough growth are more likely to have this clarity at an emotive level.
0: Really, really interesting. And I, I just want to pick up on a point of that. You know, obviously, you mentioned, you know, the real focus on brand centricity of, of driving growth. I mean, you know, we've heard the phrase the long and the short of it for a long time and marketers trying to find the balance, you know, but ultimately what you're saying is from your research that by putting absolute, you know, or more focus into brand centricity is actually having a much bigger impact on, on long-term growth
2: yeah i think it, i think it's a combination of both of the the human centricity and the brand's interest is having a true impact on growth i think as lindsay touched on there that 70 percent are seeing it contribute to more sales when they have brand clarity but also the contrary or the supporting factor of that is that over 70 percent of leading businesses also said that human centricity was a core part of their brand so i think it's really important to take both of those forward in terms of these are factors that we've been able to prove and we've been able to see through the marketing society as a whole that are true factors in, in, in driving that growth?
1: Absolutely. I think um, that just to echo what was Tom was saying, what we see is it's creating that balance um that's so important. You can't actually have one without the other, they go hand in hand. Um brands need to be human inspired but brand driven. Um and it's 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 um crazy how often we see um marketers all all hear that brand teams don't have this kind of that kind of brand imprint they or that brand um centricity when they when they're going forward they can't accurately describe their brand and actually we did a recent poll and we found that over 50 percent of the marketing community that were part of a a webinar that we were hosting um didn't feel that they could define how their brand uniquely showed up in the world Um, and that to me is crazy there's a big job to be done there um, a
0: huge opportunity. Really interesting. I mean, especially over the last, you know, decade in our industry, sort of brand purpose and, uh, you know, has been probably one of the key talking points and, and trying to give, uh, you know, real clarity on a brand's role in the real world. And so it's incredible to hear that 50% of marketers don't feel that they have absolute clarity on that. H- how would you advise people to go about this journey? You know, if, if you know, the whole industry has been talking about it for a while, but f- half of organizations don't, you know, what would your advice be to, to sort of overcome these hurdles?
2: Yeah, and I think what's so interesting there, particularly around, around the purpose topic, is like it's so easy to just fall into a trap of just trying to find whatever the whatever the latest buzzword is or whatever the, the, the need is and following that trend. But if you're blindly following trends, you're just executing like everyone else. You, you're doing it in a way that, that feels inauthentic. So that's where the, the balance of brand centricity really needs to come through. And we've seen this with... Most recently, with the lionesses, if we take away from from purposeful for now and into lionesses, you're starting to see brands that weren't there at the beginning of the journey two years ago, like PepsiCo, were are really starting to to panic and starting to try and grasp at what it might be. But if you're not doing that authentically, you're just you're just becoming another another brand that's that's, that's just trying to put their hand up and claim something that's not truly theirs. So I think with all things, whether it's purpose purpose and talking about purpose whether it's talking about the lionesses and the brilliant, brilliant successes they had, you have to do it authentically to your brand. And that starts, and I'm sure Lindsay will to this, that starts with understanding what your brand stands for and the emotive execution and space that that therefore has to execute on.
1: Absolutely. I I think um, we've got some great examples of of, of brands that, that when they, when they get it right, are really um, almost, Have this ability to evolve with the times while appearing to remain the same. It's kind of like that. I think I always think about, um, Keanu Reeves in his, uh, in the 1999 film Matrix, which is probably, um, showing my age, uh, but dodging bullets and, and, and appearing to, to not, to not to move. Um, and I think in a way, this is, this is what brands need to do to, to, to really get it right is to, to, to have that, Deep understanding of what's going on, so have the finger on the pulse of what's happening in the market. um, To have a mission, to be constantly evolving, and to also be constantly anticipating your next evolution. I was reading about McDonald's um, the other day, um, and they they've really weathered the COVID storm amazingly well. Um, They, but they, and they've done that because they've they've you know hopped on and the. They've innovated fantastically in digital, in drive-through and delivery. But actually, that innovation started in um, in 2017, so way before um, COVID uh, hit (laughs) our lives. Um, And so they were ready. So they were anticipating that next evolution, and they did it so well. And they did it in a way that is totally McDonald's in a way that, you know, you wouldn't it doesn't feel it feels like that's the way it's always been. It's kind of almost this this magic, this illusion. Um it feels contemporary yet as familiar and approachable and uh warm as it's as it's always been. Um so it's it's yeah, that tightrope yeah. trip you've got to walk.
2: And you now can go into go into a McDonald's and get all the favorites of the Big Mac and the Happy Meals, but you can also go and get a flat white and a salad and it, it doesn't feel startling. Whereas if you'd said that to someone in 2010 that they were going to be able to go and get that, you'd be like, absolutely not. Whereas now that's the, that's the expectation because they've been able to understand human needs and incrementally evolve their brand. So it feels like it's an authentic growth through to this, this where they are today, um, executing and delivering a, a different menu, but in a very much the same sort of feeling.
0: Yeah, I mean everything you've said so far there was there were two brands that came to mind for me. One was McDonald's and, and absolutely a focus in brand. I mean from a you know from a distinctiveness assets, you know they've always been very strong but from being meaningfully different as well certainly evolved and and you know especially at the moment they've put a big focus into loyalty and and so on. The other brand that actually came to mind was Lego. Um and the sort of the emotional um, you know, pull to that having a really strong brand purpose and a really sort of strong brand, but but con- constantly sort of innovated. You know, it's still as as popular now as it was you know a long time ago. So you know, there were two brands that uh, that sprung to mind for me actually.
2: And I think Lego is interesting because you got the partnerships in there as well, right? That's what springs to mind, immediately when you say that is the one of the ways they've remained relevant and connecting with, with their customers is by partnering with the likes of, of Star Wars or, or with, with building your favorite car in Lego, it means that it's it's not just a, a something you build and forget about, it's, it's moving with the trends and with culture. And I think that's something that human centricity really gives you, is the ability to move with trends and culture. So you become irreplaceable, you become something that people have to have. And I think particularly in the, what we're heading into now and in in people making decisions on brands based on price, how you make yourself indi- indispensable is by having strong clarity of your brand, but also having a real connection to what human needs and what they really, really care about. And yes, that may not be a Star Wars figurine in the Lego example, but what is that thing that means that they have to buy that and they're going to substitute out the competitor brand instead of that?
1: Absolutely. And as being choiceful for your brand. So, kind of sticking on fast food or going back to fast food if you like. Um, Contrasting something like KFC and Greggs. So they've both recently um, activated partnerships with clothing brands. So KFC has done a partnership with Hype um, and Greggs has done a partnership with Primark. And both of those, you know, they're tapping into culture. They've both been enormously successful, but they both are um, really congruent with, with the brands that they are partnered with. So you can understand how Hype with a brand like KFC, which is... Um, you know, their ad agency mother talks about their sub- subversive brand tones, a bit, a bit edgy, but, uh, but cool. But, um, and so you can see how hype fits really, really well there. Whereas Gregg's is, is, you know, um, high street uh, brand of the people. Um, and so you can see how Primark is um, very much a, a fantastic fit and a partnership that will cement its um, meaningful difference.
0: Absolutely. You've shown some really great examples there. I'm actually going to just change the the, the topic. You used the word resilience earlier. And, um, you know, especially with everything that's going on at the moment in terms of inflation and the cost of living and, you know, macro challenges. Um you know, the need for short term results has probably never been higher, especially off the back of COVID. So how are you and how would you advise people to really investing long term brand building and being brand centric to drive growth when you've got the pressure from shareholders or the CFO, whoever it might be? You know, what would your advice be to marketers on how to, to navigate that challenge?
1: I can start, but I'm sure Tom's got a perspective. Um, <laughs> uh, I think one of the other things that we've seen as a, a real important benefit of differentiation is the strong relationship between increasing relative uniqueness and consumers' willingness to pay more for a brand. So so we know that driving difference does drive uh, willingness to pay, and that's so important um, in, in, as you say, this this economic crisis that we're we're in or, um and I, I suppose my long and short message and um would be would be that you that in everything that you do that you take a a, a brand set so that even if you are doing something that is aimed at short term gain that that is done in such a way that it also cements your your meaningful difference that it that it feels congruent with your brand that it's authentic um and and so is is having both a short-term advantage as well as long-term gains.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think it goes to the, the point I raised earlier about how do you make yourself indispensable? And that comes to the point of understanding how your brand plays in the relevance of today's culture and today's society. And that, therefore, drives you away from just thinking about, okay, immediately I've got to follow this needle or this pressure point and more being like, right? okay, how am I going to help my customer base feel like I've understood them and feel like I get them and feel like my brand is authentically working towards their betterment and their their improvement and their navigation out of this by being more human centric, but in an authentic way with your brand. I think for that, that for me is what it always comes down to. And it's not just being like, okay, change strategy to short term, but more how do we help today influence and protect tomorrow?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the words you've used as well, you know, a couple of times is culture and and obviously the, the, you know, the need for brands to be highly relevant and highly with the times. But, you know, things have changed over the last few years and, you know, culture seems to shift quicker than it ever has before. So what would your advice be to brands to be at the leading edge of culture and to really tap into the, you know, the emotional needs of consumers and customers? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, as you say, culture has been changing
2: at a rapid pace. And I think that's the only constant we have now is change. Um, but what what we see is actually now there's a bubble up culture. So everyone's got the power in their, in their hands through social media. And you're seeing trends move faster than ever because they're starting from the ground instead of this trickle down effect that was beforehand where brands and businesses were defining culture. Now you've got the likes of Francois Bourgeois and the trains suddenly becoming a face of Gucci that happened over the power of, of what he had in his hand but i think what you've got to do is take different metrics to understand the the demand moments that sit within and the consideration that sits within a, a customer to then be able to understand the cultural relevance and influence that has um and again not just moving with the trends but more understanding what these cultural relevance impact on your brand and how it comes together to feel like it's part of your brand so gucci, gucci Aligning with with Francis Francis is an interesting one, but at the same time, they're tagging onto a culture in a meaningful way that isn't is it is probably goes to that short term solution that's part of a longer term strategy in terms of being more part of of culture in general in the right places at the right time.
1: Breaking through with bubble up culture isn't just the playground of new brands; it's also the play. Uh, you know, brands like Dove. You think about Dove. Dove's probably got a really super um, clear and consistent image in your mind. But they are a brilliant example of a brand that's been evolving to meet the moment in an undeniably dove, real beauty way. So that's, you know, caring and gentle and um, considerate. And that is really paying dividends because our brand's data shows that WGA has grown in relevance over the last eight years. So fueling predisposition towards the brand, c- cementing perception of great value and um, and even in this economic climate. Um and they you know the activation that they did during COVID was just, you know, just beautifully on brand and so relevant. Um and they 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 did that through powerful human understanding. They would have been employing digital analytics, social learning, qualitative, all of those kind of things to really fuel and, and help to to inform that. And they would also have been employing, you know, a real razor-sharp focus on how they activate that. So, you know, having a focus on their brand essence in everything that they do, regularly testing, um, self-evaluation, optimization as they go to ensure that focus. And and the result, according to Unilever CEO Alan Jope, um, is that they have had um, the fastest growth recently that they've had in the last eight years. So it can be done on new brands, it can be done on old brands. Or established
2: brands
0: probably better. Term. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and, and always a great sort of case study in Unilever of a brand that has, you know, been brand centric and put it at the heart of their business, and and, and naturally the results have followed. Um, we're coming to the end of our conversation, today, but I would love just some final thoughts from you, and 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 maybe some sort of top tips and advice for our members and, and those listening about you know how you can drive meaningful difference to really elevate growth. Um, you know, you've touched on the human centric, the brand centric but maybe just your thoughts and and top tips just to round up. And and Tom, maybe I'll come to you and and Lindsay after.
2: Yeah, sure. I think, um, yes, it's sort of a a summary of what we talked about would be around this meaningful difference. So of course the driving affinity and meeting the needs of your customer, that's all about the human centricity that I've been been talking about a lot. And we've seen that that then comes to life in a really authentic and and different way when you're then thinking in a brand centric way. And I think the other point going back to right at the beginning was it's considering all touch points of your brand and that mental and physical connectivity. So, Lindsay, I think right at the beginning when we talked about differentiation, talked about product function, design, experience, social responsibility, advertising. Those all play a part and they all interact with the brand and with the customer. So you've got to keep on the pulse of those touch points, if you will, and on the pulse of how they come to life. And make sure that you're being as consistent as you can across all of those to really meet the needs, but also to authentically show up for your brand. So you're building that equity over time and over time so that every time you interact with a the customer, they know exactly that it's Dove. They know exactly that it's McDonald's, even if you take away the, the brand.
1: Yeah, I, I, my, so my addition would be that I think nobody would argue that understanding people and having that human centricity is key. Um, We know that the leading businesses are doing it, but that without applying a brand lens, your offer risks being generic. Um, Really, to stay relevant and razor sharp, you need to achieve this almost impossible paradox that we've been talking about. You know, this constant evolution while appearing to remain the same. Um, And you do that by really understanding your customers, but also really understanding your brand what it is, what it brings to the world, um, and what people expect of it.
0: Fantastic. And I think the line is, difference makes the difference. I think that's the the one thing that I've taken away from, how can you be meaningfully different and how you can drive that in long-term brand building for sustained growth. Lindsay, Tom, thank you very much for speaking with you. You've really enjoyed it. It's been really interesting. I hope you've enjoyed listening as well. And if you have any comments, please feel free to share on social. Uh, We'd love to carry on the conversation online as well. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks Thanks very very much.